How can you be established in the fear of the Lord? Because the fear of the Lord is the law of increase. How can you be established in the fear of the Lord? Now, we've been using Psalms 115, verse 13 to 15 as a text. So let me read that. He will bless those who fear the Lord, both small and great. May the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. May you be blessed by the Lord who made heaven and earth. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless, empower to prosper who? Those who fear the Lord. So it is the fear of the Lord that causes this increase. Him increasing you more and more, you and your children. So the objective of this entire series teaching is really to put in your toolbox, so to speak, the fear of the Lord in a very practical way by which you can apply it. In other words, it is to put that key, that principle of the kingdom of God that we, that we call the fear of the Lord for, it to, for you to be able to get a hold of it and function in it. You know, we thank God for the promises of God. But the promises of God without the applications of the corresponding principles will not get you the results that the promises promise. Does that make sense? The promises of God. We study the word of God. Why? We study the word of God so as to find and locate the promises of God. And so we thank God for the promises of God. But then once we get a hold of the promises of God, the question is, how do we apply it? What do we do with it? And therefore, we need not only the promises of God, but we need to also grasp what are the principles of God. So we study God's word to get a hold of the promises and to get a hold of the, princi the principles. We meditate in the promises and the principles so we can have faith. But then we apply the principles to the promises so that we can get the right results, which is the fulfillment of the promises. That makes sense. So for that reason, this is why Jesus said that, that it talked about the keys of the kingdom. We got to know what the principles are. Amen? And so one of those principles that govern the kingdom of God is the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord. Say the fear of the Lord. Right? Solomon said that the whole purpose of man is to fear God and to keep his commandments. The fear of the Lord. This reverence for God. And so it is necessary for us to function in the fear of the Lord so as to have the fulfillment of the promises, so as to have the increase that God promises. It says in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 28, having received a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us have grace that we might serve God with reverence and godly fear. Which is to say, let us have, let see we've got this kingdom that cannot be shaken. Give, see, given that we have all these promises that are, and the word of God that is forever settled in heaven, let us now have the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Let us have the grace to function, to, 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 let us have the grace to function in the fear of the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So as by the application of the fear of the Lord, what is to happen is that we are to have the, to have the fulfillment of, the, of God's destiny in your life. We are to have, the, 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 we are to come to the place of being filled with all of the fullness of God. We are to come to the place where Christ is formed in us. We are to come to the place where the glory of the Lord is risen upon us. Why? All because of this functioning in the fear of the Lord, which is the law of increase. 
By functioning in this fear of the Lord, even your health shall spring up speedily. Divine health and prosperity will also be your portion. The promises of God will be fulfilled. For it says, having therefore these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every filthiness of the flesh, of the flesh and perfect holiness. How? In the fear of the Lord. So this fear of the Lord is huge. It is the law of increase. Proverbs, Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 says, Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. What is your salvation? It's wholeness, it's deliverance, it's prosperity, it's divine protection. So work it out. Bring it, into the, bring, it, bring it to the outside. Bring it into your life. Let it become experiential. How? By the fear of the Lord. Amen? And then in Psalms 85 and verse 9, it says salvation. Same thing. Wholeness, deliverance, prosperity, all of that. Salvation is near to them that fear the Lord. All right? So the end point of all of this teaching that we've been doing is to come to the place where we are so functional in the fear of the Lord, where we are even established in the fear of the Lord. Psalms, um, Proverbs 28 verse 14 says, Blessed is the man that fears the Lord at all times, irregardless of circumstances. Blessed, empowered to prosper and to have good success is the man who fears the Lord at all times. In other words, he lives in the fear of the Lord. That's where he can be found, irregardless of what the, regardless of what the circumstances may be. All right? Now, let me do a quick, concise recap of, 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 of what we've done so far to come to this place, um, to this conclusion today of, of becoming established in this fear of the Lord. All right, so let me do so and at the same time, bring some clarity, some understanding as well. What is the fear of the Lord? It is, it is your right response, and, and, and I would say it is even your most noble response to the reality of who God is. His majesty, his excellence, the revelation of him, the revelation of, his, of, of, of how magnificent he is, how awesome he is, his holiness, the beauty of his holiness, his power, his faithfulness, the essence of his character and his being is when we see him and when we can get a grasp of this is who he is and, and he's so much bigger, so much greater, so much more loving, so much more faithful. He is so beyond measure, beyond our, our, our understanding, beyond our vocabulary that that, that the more we see of him, we stand in awe. And that is the fear of the Lord. That is the essence of the fear of the Lord. We are as if we are dumbfounded, so to speak. It moves us, and this fear of the Lord moves us into a place wherein we are honoring God. We have, a, we have faith, we trust him, because we know he's dependable. We know his power. We know what he can do. We know, his, we know that he is, he is so loving and so kind and so gracious that he will use his ability and his resources on our behalf. So we come to depend on him. We learn to trust him. We learn to wait on him. As opposed to looking to the arm of the flesh, we look to him. And when we see his beauty, we see his purity, we want to be like him. So as a result, having this hope, what do we do? We purify ourselves even as he is pure. We obey him. Trust him. These are the things that comes out of the reality of the revelation of his majesty. It is the fear of the Lord. Amen? 
Hallelujah. He is everything that he says he is. And you see, that's another element of the fear of the Lord that we haven't discussed and we're not going to discuss it today. But the fear of the Lord trembles at his word. The fear of the Lord hears what his word says and, 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 and stands in such awe. Because the fear of the Lord sees God and his word at one. And the word of God unveils him. So, that, so there is a trembling and there is an awe and there is a, there is a wonder even at his very word. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So I, I, I trust and I believe God that even today as this word goes forth that there is going to be the spirit of the fear of the Lord that will be imparted into you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, there are numerous benefits of the fear of the Lord. And we discussed a lot of them scripturally. I'm just going to pour over a few of them, but without going through the scriptures for the sake of time. But the fear of the Lord is the law of increase. It is the law of increase. The fear of the Lord is what will cause you to increase in favor. To cause you to increase in, to increase in all manner of grace, whatever kind of grace it is. The fear of the Lord will, will, will facilitate that. The fear of the Lord will cause an increase in finances. The scripture says wealth and riches will be in his house. The fear of the Lord will cause divine health, will provoke and promote health, divine health. The fear of the Lord will cause you to increase in joy, in peace, in the fruits of the Spirit. The fear of the Lord, because of your obedience and the effect it has on you, it brings you underneath the, the lordship of the Holy Spirit, where the kingdom of God can rule in your life. Where the, where, where, and when the kingdom of God rules, where, where, where God has influence, where God is able to dominate you, your mind, your will, your emotions, and you become in line with him, what happens where the kingdom of the Lord is, guess what? All other things are added unto you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So this fear of the Lord, no matter how we look at it, it is the law of increase. And you see this fear of the Lord because it causes you to so highly magnify and exalt God above anything and above anyone, this fear of the Lord will protect you and insulate you from idolatry. Because idolatry is when you put someone or something else above God. It could be even a relationship. It could be a job. It could be outright wickedness. But anything that you exalt above the Lord, anything or anyone, that's idolatry. You can be idolizing a person and wherein that person takes the place of God. Are you with me? So this fear of the Lord will, will literally preserve you and protect you from walking in idolatry. The fear of the Lord will cause you to be more productive in your days. There are scriptures that speak about the fact that it will, it will, it will lengthen your days. Oh, is it length? Oh, yeah, it will lengthen your days, which means instead of this 24 hours, you're going to be able to get 32 hours out of a 24-hour day. Isn't that miraculous? Not only will it lengthen your days, but it will add days to your life. I didn't say that. The Bible says that, which means what? It means living a long life. The law of the, 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 the fear of the Lord is the law of increase. It will bring you into wisdom because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It will bring you into knowledge. It's the beginning of knowledge. It will give you understanding of the Most High God. It will bring you into intimate relationship with God because God says, the, the God says intimate fellowship with him. For somebody to be so close to his heart, for them to be a friend, for him to reveal his secrets, God says, look, I only reserve that type of, that type of intimacy and that type of privilege for those that 
that, that fear me, that respect me, that honor me, that love me, that obey me, with whom I can trust. So that not only can they trust me, but I can trust them. Are you with me? So intimate fellowship with God is for those that fear him. So the fear of the Lord will cause an increase in the intimacy of your relationship with God. And God says he will also unveil his covenant, which means there are dimensions of the covenant of God that you and I ought to walk in. But you cannot walk in an aspect of the covenant of God when we don't even know what it is. But he said he will unveil that covenant to us. He will make it real. He will give us understanding and he will give us grace to walk in it and to walk it out. To live in the fear of the Lord means being in a place where you have answered prayer. He says that the, 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 the desire, he will fulfill the desire of them that fear him. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I am persuaded that I need to live and be established in the fear of the Lord. Are you? Amen. It will affect, now this I haven't mentioned, so I'm going to mention this here. The fear of the Lord will affect your family, your relationships. And at the same time, it will lift you up above your enemies. Where he'll make your, he'll make your enemies to be at peace with you. They might still not like you, but they'll be at peace with you. There's a difference. In Deuteronomy chapter 5 verse 29 regarding your family. It says, oh that, oh that, oh that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me. And all, they would fear me. And always keep all my ways. What do you mean keep all my ways? Keep all my commandments. That's obedience. He says that, that it might be well with them and with their children after them. So this is talking about your family. This is talking about your children. That it will be well with you and with your children after you. Why? Because you are walking in the fear of the Lord, which includes obedience. Look at Psalms 128. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Psalms 128. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. Blessed is everyone. Say everyone. Everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it will be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine. That also applies to husband. And in the very heart of your house, your children will be like olive plants all around your table. Behold, thus shall the man or woman be blessed who fears the Lord. The Lord bless you out of Zion. And may you see the good of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. And in another place it says in Isaiah chapter 59 verse 21. That God says that, that, that my covenant and my word will not depart from you nor out of the mouth of your children. In other words, God says, I'm going to keep you and your children in my covenant and I'm going to keep that word in your mouth and in their mouth. Why? All because of the fear of the Lord. There is no area spiritually that is a blessing that where you can, that is, that is, that is, that, that is not dependent on the fear of the Lord to some degree. Praise the Lord. All right. Now, so now we are at this point. So now let's, let's consider and let's look at six keys to be established in the fear of the Lord. Are you persuaded that you should be established in the fear of the Lord? That it will benefit you. 
that it will bless you, that it will bless your family, that this is the will of God concerning you, that you be established and functional in the fear of the Lord. You know, in Isaiah 54, verse 14, it says in righteousness, talking about his children that are going to be taught by him, and he says in righteousness, you shall be established, anchored. That's where you're going to be found. Good or bad, no matter what the circumstances are. He says, this is where you're going to be established, in righteousness. And as a result of that, you will be far from oppression because you will not fear. Sounds good to me. And then again, it says in... in, um, Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 17, when it talks about us being rooted and grounded and, we could say, established in the love of God. And as a result of that, be filled with all the fullness of God. Why? Because of being established in the love of God. Well, similarly, here in Proverbs 28 verse 14, it says, Blessed is the man that fears the Lord, that fears the Lord at all times, regardless of circumstances. He's living in and he's established in the fear of the Lord always at all times. In other words, no matter what's going on, this is where you could find him. So then, what are the keys? And I'm going to discuss six keys to be established in the fear of the Lord. Amen? All right. Glory to God. Isaiah chapter 33. Isaiah 33 verse 5 and 6. Glory to God. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness. Wisdom and knowledge will be the stability of your times. He has filled the church. He has filled you, and this is in your spirit, justice, righteousness, wisdom and knowledge and it will cause a stability in your time in these times that we are living in it will cause stability in your times and the strength of salvation the strength of salvation and again salvation is what it's wholeness it's deliverance it's prosperity it's all of that good stuff it's the blessings of the lord and the strength of salvation the fear of the lord is his treasure Now listen to this in the Amplified. The Lord is exalted, for he dwells on high. He will fill Zion with justice and righteousness in every area and relationship, and there shall be stability in your times, an abundance of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge, the reverential fear of, and worship of the Lord. Now, quite often when you hear the fear of the Lord, we are also, we're talking about reverence, we're talking about honoring God, and quite often there is this worshipful reverence of God. There's that sense of worship that is always, that is in there, in the fear of the Lord. Because ultimately, the fear of the Lord is standing in awe of such an awesome God. So there, okay, anyway, let me back up again. So there shall be stability in your times, an abundance of salvation, wisdom, and knowledge, the reverential fear and worship of the Lord is your treasure and his. I like that. It is saying that the fear of the Lord is God's treasure. In other words, God's got a lot of stuff. And he's got a lot of stuff for us. But Lord, what is the most important? What is your special treasure that you have for you and that you have for us? What is your special treasure? And the Lord, the word comes back. It is the fear of the Lord. Now, when I recognize that the fear of the Lord is his treasure, 
and especially his treasure for me, what should I do? I should, I should now say, okay, well, the fear of the Lord is my treasure. So God treasures it, I treasure it. Did you capture that? So the fear of the Lord is your treasure. Well, of course, we saw all the benefits. We saw the law of increase. And now this fear of the Lord is going to cause abundance of salvation, stability in your life because of the wisdom and the knowledge and the justice and the righteousness. The fear of the Lord is your treasure. Meaning what? You should treasure it. You should treasure it. It is to be dear and precious and valuable. Proverbs 23 verse 17 says, Do not let your hearts envy sinners, but be in the fear of the Lord all the day long. But be zealous for the fear of the Lord. Don't be envious of sinners. What is it saying? Know that the Lord, know. You see, if I'm envying, it's not just the spirit of envy, but it's like, you know, not just wanting what they have, but somehow... Instead of looking to God, I'm looking to them. So it says, when you go study it out elsewhere in Scripture, it says, know that the Lord, He is your source. He is your sufficiency. He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will never fail you. So that, you, you, so that um, there, there, there is a contentment, in a sense, in the sense that there's a, there's a, there is a godliness, a godliness, a godly, accomplish, a godliness that is accompanied with, with contentment, which is a sense of inward sufficiency. Whatever else is happening out there, whatever else is happening with this one or that one, none of those things. That, I have a sufficiency. He is my sufficiency. He is my help. He is my source. He is my strength. He is my refuge. I mean, my harvest might be delayed, but it's underway. Are you with me? So as a result of that relationship and that, that element of the fear of the Lord, I'm not envying the sinners, the one that don't know God that is, that is prospering in his wickedness. And I'm not looking to somebody else and their stuff. No, he is my source. He is my exceeding great reward. And instead what is happening is that I am just zealous. For what? For the fear of the Lord. There is a zeal. I'm zealous for the fear of the Lord all the day. Proverbs 23, 17. That is to say, now, now, okay, as I say that, let me say this, and you need to capture this. There are spiritual laws, principles, protocols that govern the kingdom of God. And without an understanding of them, even though we may have promises, then we misapply the promises and we aren't able to appropriate them properly. That is why I say you study the word of God to get a hold of the promises, but also to get a hold of the principles, because it's when you, it's when you apply the principles to the promises that the promises become fulfilled. Amen? Are you with me on that? It's very important. All right. So, there are principles of the kingdom of God. They are just like the fear of the Lord is, and here is one of them, particularly where the fear of the Lord is concerned, is the law of hunger. Say Hunger. Jesus put it this way. He said, if you hunger and you thirst after righteousness, you're going to be filled. Did he say that? So what is he saying? In other words, then, and, and, but I don't, I don't want this, this to be watered down. I want you to really capture the intensity of this hunger and this thirst. 
what it is to be out in a dry place, out in the desert for a long period of time without a drink of water. The scripture says in, Psalm, in John 7 verse 37, Jesus says, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. But what's the qualification? Out of his belly will flow rivers. The qualification was thirst. Isaiah 44 verse 3 says, to him that is thirsty, I will pour out. I will pour out of my spirit. So this, but, but what is the qualification? What is the criteria? What is the protocol? Thirst, hunger, thirst. So we are talking, so when we talk about the zeal for the fear of the Lord, we're talking about having a strong, strong desire for the engagement of the Holy Spirit. Because you see, at the end of the day, we don't even have the ability to fear God. We don't have, we can do nothing without him. You need the Holy Ghost to come and to be poured out on the ones that are thirsty and give you the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Are you with me? So I need the engagement. I need the Holy Ghost to get involved with me because I've got issues. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've got some challenges. I've got some things that have happened in my life. So that even though, so that I, so there are things that, that blind me, so that I'm not able to see his majesty. There are experiences in life, the traditions of men, some of my successes, some of my failures that have created a veil over my eyes so that I'm not able to see the glory of the Lord and his excellence. So I need the Holy Spirit to anoint my eyes with eye salve so that I can see his majesty, so that I can see clearly. I need the Holy Ghost. But the Holy Ghost is not going to come to me in that measure and engage with me and release the spirit of the fear of the Lord, which is an absolute treasure of God, unless I hunger, unless I thirst. Why? Because if the, tra if the fear of the Lord is such a treasure to God, and God does not cast his purse before swine, is God going to just dump the spirit of the fear of the Lord on you when without you desiring it, without you having a thirst for it, without you having a respect for it? No, he won't. That's what the scripture teaches. Does it not teach that? Does it not say that he will not, that we are not to cast our pearls before swine? Amen? So he doesn't do that here. But here is this law. If you hunger, if you thirst, you're going to be filled. The Holy Spirit will come and he will pour that out on you. If you hunger and you thirst and you deeply desire the fear of the Lord, you shall have the spirit of the fear of the Lord poured out on you. Lift up your hand right now. Say, Lord, I am thirsty. I am hungry. I want the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Give me that grace. I desire deeply, passionately, the fear of the Lord. Unite my heart. Let my soul and my mind come in agreement for this hunger of the fear of the Lord. Amen. Now, do you believe that that's the will of God that you just prayed? Well, the scripture says, whatever you ask according to his will, he hears you. And if you know that he hears you, then you know you have the petitions you desire of him. So that's key number one in terms of being established in the fear of the Lord is having this hunger and thirst for the fear of the Lord. Key number two, study and meditate. Say study and meditate. Study and meditate in the word and discover... His ways, remember, there's a reason why we study the word. Not just because of it's, it's poetic, not just for the history. And there's some history in there, isn't it? 
right? right? But we study the word so we can capture the promises, the principles, God's ways. We can capture prophetic utterances. We can understand how we are to declare, what we are to decree. We must, so that we can get a hold, so that we can have a knowledge of God. Amen? So, Proverbs chapter 2. So, key number 2 is study and meditate. Proverbs chapter 2, reading from verse 1. It says, my son, this is God talking. He says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you, so that you incline your ears to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. Apply your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding. If you seek her as silver and you search for her as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And find the knowledge of God. Now if we were to break those things down. The wisdom, the understanding, the knowledge. All of them. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of them all. But it says as you've got this kind of pursuit. This type of mindset. This type of hunger. This type of diligence. You will discover the fear of the Lord. And you will, and you will discover the knowledge of God. Which means you can get a hold of his ways. You're going to get a hold. You're going to find the promises. You're going to get a hold of the principles. Amen? So study and meditate. And I say meditate because sometimes it's not sitting there on the surface. But it's when you pour, when you get that word and you mutter that word and you meditate in that word and you think that word and you visualize that word and you see it and you read that word from a place where you're connected. You're not reading a story about something that Jesus did. But no, you see yourself walking in his feet, in his footsteps. When you do that, then what happened? Then it comes alive. Amen? All right, key number three. Deliberately. You know what I mean? Deliberately. Intentionally. Be deliberate. Be deliberate about what? Learning the fear of the Lord. Be deliberate about learning the fear of the Lord. All right. Psalms 34. I'm going to let me just read the first 14 verses and then we're going to come back and break it down. All right. Psalms 34, reading from verse 1. Thank you, Lord, for, for the anointing of the reading of your word. Does that sound very, it sounds very traditional there, eh? You almost wondered if you were in a mainline church for a moment. Father, thank you for the blessing of the reading of your word. Well, praise God. Let the spirit of the Lord so infiltrate this word that this word becomes spirit and this word becomes life even as you hear it. Amen? All right. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall be continually in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. They looked to him and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. 
Fear the Lord, you are saints. There is no want to those who fear him. The young lions, the young lions lack and suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord shall not want, shall not lack any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. All right. Now here is a crash course on the fear of the Lord. We're going to learn the fear of the Lord. All right. Are you ready for this? This is a crash course. You know what a crash course is? <laughs> Praise the Lord. All right. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's just, just see a little tiny bit about the, some characteristics of, of, of this stuff. The man that fears the Lord, God is always in his thoughts. God is always in his thoughts and God is always on his lips. Malachi chapter 3 verse 16 says, Those who feared the Lord, they spoke to one another and the Lord listened Ooh, God listens to your conversation when you are chatting he is listening those who fear the Lord they spoke to one another and the Lord listened and he heard them so a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord and meditate on his name think about that God, I mean, this is God. And he's listening to your conversations. And when you're there, you're talking about him. And you're thinking about him. God says, yeah, I like that. Oh, I like that. And God has a book of remembrance. And he records your name. He records some of that stuff. And this is a book of remembrance that is written, that he keeps before him. For those who fear his name. For those who talk about his name. And who are thinking about his name. That is the reason why God chose, chose um, Cornelius to be the first Gentile. Because his, the fear of him, his giving, came up as a memorial before God. Slightly different, but it is still the same. There is a memorial. There is a, there is a book of remembrance for those who fear the Lord, those who talk about him, and those who think on him. All right. What are the characteristics of, 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 of being able to be in this place where, where, where you're, you, you, you're establishing a fear of the Lord? You're thinking, you're thinking, you're thinking. Say my thinking, do this. Say my thinking. Say it again. My thinking, now do this. My tongue. My tongue. <laughs> All right, praise the Lord. Now the man who fears the Lord is also very worshipful. The praise of God are continually on his lips. And then this verse 5 here. They looked at him and they were radiant and their faces were not ashamed. What is it talking about? It is talking about the fact that, I mean, they are so involved, they so magnified God that they got no shame. You know, it reminds me when David, remember when David was dancing before the Lord, right? And his wife thought, you king, what are you doing? I mean, how could you behaving like that? You're behaving like this, you know, like, you know, you're, I mean, a king doesn't behave like that. Because David was jumping around and dancing and no shame. You see, the fear of the Lord has no... When you have the fear of the Lord, you have no fear of man. It's not what men think. They think you're a fool confessing and doing the, the fear of the Lord. 
there is no shame and there is no sense of confusion and ambiguity. Is that the right word? Help me, help me. <laughs> right? Their face was radiant. They looked to God as their source. They were only concerned not about the approval of anybody else, but God. God is their present help in the time of trouble. Their confidence was not in man, but is in God, on the element of trust. The element of trust. And that's one of the characteristics here. Let me, let me dig into that a little bit. You know, in a nutshell, the fear of the Lord is, tr is trusting God, it's obedience, it's purity, it's worship. Listen to, listen to Psalms 31. And in fact, let me, let me, let me, yeah, let me divert just a tiny little bit here. Psalms 31. Now, if you study the fear of the Lord, you will see quite in many places where the word trust and the fear of the Lord are so connected. Oh, how great is your goodness which you have laid up for those who fear you, which you have prepared for those who trust in you. They that fear the Lord, trust God. Now, trust God. That means you're looking to God. The scripture says in Proverbs 29 verse 25 that the fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord... In other words, that to trust in man is the fear of man. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord. In other words, trusting in the Lord is having the fear of God. Trusting in man is having, is having the fear of man. And the fear of man is a trap. It's a snare. It's a trick. It's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pull you into some kind of curse um, the dimension. But they that trust in the Lord shall be safe and they shall be set on high. Trusting in the Lord. Say trusting in the Lord. In Isaiah chapter 31 verse 1 says, Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help. And they rely on horses who trust in chariots because they are many. And in horsemen because they are very strong. But who do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Instead of seeking the Lord, they're looking everywhere for the help of man rather than seeking God. Now, you can seek God and God can give you favor. And so, and the help can come through man and that's fine. That's part of the system. God could cause men to, to, to give into your bosom. God could cause men to give, God could bring promotion through man. God could cause some men to use their influence and their resources on your behalf. But it's not because you're looking to them. It is because you're looking to God. Your trust is in Him. It does not mean that you are to dishonor people and disrespect them. And, but you need to recognize that that very janitor might be the one that knows the CEO. Because every time you, he's the one that parks his car or whatever. And he can, he can give you an introduction. You don't know that. So you honor people. But it's not because your, fear, your confidence is in people. Your fear is in the Lord, not in, the fear, not in man. Because if your fear becomes in man, then you're going to start trying to manipulate people. Then you're going to start sucking up to people. Then you're going to start, oh man, you're going to get into all kinds of trouble. It's a snare. But anyway, they've said the fear of the Lord. Say trust in God. Now, in Isaiah 31, Isaiah chapter 31, uh, that was Isaiah 31, Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 1, says, Woe to the rebellious children, says the Lord, who take counsel, not of me, and who devise plans, but not of my spirit, that they may add sin to sin. 
Now, when we are in a hard place, we could, we, we, it's a great temptation to look away from God and to try to, and, and to look to man. And that is why it says, when it, when it comes to patience, when it comes, patience is actually defined in um, James 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he will receive a crown of life, which God had promised to them that love him. God called that loving him. Amen? Say patience. Say trust. All right. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Trust in God is a major element of the fear of the Lord. So you've got to develop in this arena. And this will, this will often, when, you de- when you're operating like this, quite often it will go against your reasoning. It will go against your understanding. It will go against your feeling. So they said, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And because of the problem that your understanding and your reasoning could, could, could cause and pull you away from the fear of the Lord, that's why Psalms 86 verse 11 is going to say, Lord, unite my heart to fear your name. In other words, help me, especially in this area of my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, my feeling, because those things can pull you out of the fear of the Lord. Are you with me? All right. So, so instead of looking elsewhere, instead of having the fear of men, and so as to grow in the fear of God and in this element of trusting God, it means then having a greater knowledge of God. Because it says in Psalms 5, 9 and verse 10, that they that know his name will put their trust in him. When you know his name, so... We've got to seek and we've got to pursue a greater knowledge of him, a greater revelation of him. Amen? Now, in the, again, back to Psalms 34. we still be still on this crash course to learn the fear of the Lord. Psalms 34 and verse 10 says, The young lions, they lack, they suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. What do you mean the young lions? This, they lack and suffer. They, the ones that are, the, the, long, the lion is a strong animal. The ones that are in the strength of their youth have these physical abilities and, and so on and intellectual abilities or whatever. They, that, because of their strength, man, they trust in their, their own ability. They trust in the arm of flesh. They trusting in their own ability and it says they will lack. They will suffer hunger. But those who seek the Lord will not want any good thing. Even with all of the strength of man, still, they're going to end up lacking. But those that trust in the Lord, they're going to be strong. They're going to do great exploits. They shall not want. And I'm just reminded of a scripture here, and I believe it. it, it, um, Isaiah 50. Alabakata seketekerebe. Mundo renga rebe kene mongo rombo riketabaya. Hakata sakataba. Manda, okay, here it is, verse 10. Who among you, who among you fear the Lord? Who obeys the voice of his servant? And who walks, now listen to this carefully. Who walks in darkness and has no light? You're in a situation, and it, I mean, it's darkness. You, you don't know what's going on. You don't have answers. You walk in darkness and you have no light. 
let him, him who, he that is in darkness and has no light, let him trust in the name of the Lord and, re and rely upon his God. So that even in that situation, you trust God and you rely on God. Look, look all of you who kindle a fire. In other words, then, I'm not going to trust God. I'm in darkness. I got to do something about this. I got to do something. I'm going to look to myself. I'm going to look to my own ability. I've got to come up with my own answers. Look, all of you who kindle a fire, and you encircle yourself with sparks, and you walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks that you have kindled. In other words, when you go that route, the best you're going to come up with is going to be some sparks. And you're going to have to walk in the light of those sparks. You know that thing they do uh, when they have fireworks, the little sticky thing that they, they light and it goes, right? Can you imagine walking in the light of that stuff? You don't have enough light there at all. Well, God says when you go, to, when you're in a situation and it's tough and it's hard and it's dark and you don't have an answer, don't be tempted to lean on the arm of flesh and look away from God. But you look to the Lord. Believe that he will faithful, be, to be faithful. Don't go and walk in the light of your sparks. Get it? All right. The young lions, they lack and they suffer hunger. But they that seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. Say seek the Lord. That means there is a pursuit of God in prayer. There is a pursuit of God in prayer. And you see... This pursuit of God in prayer, it's in the realm of prayer. It's in his light that you will see light. It is in the realm of prayer and in his sanctuary. That's when he will open up your understanding. It is in that realm when he will, be, when he will unveil himself and, he will, and you will see his majesty. Not, with your, not that you're going to, not necessarily intellectually, but somehow the Lord is going to be magnified on the inside of you. And then the situation is going to start looking smaller. The revelation of him, the revelation of his majesty. It says in Psalms 16 and verse 11, I got to watch it here because I hear myself rabbit trailing here quite a bit. But in Psalm 16 verse 11, we love to quote this scripture. In his presence there is fullness of joy and it is right and there are pleasures forevermore. That is a verse of scripture. But if the full verse is, he will show me the path of life in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Where is he going to show me the path of life? In his presence. Amen? All right. Believe me, we could have a trail there. Not, 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 not good timing. The, in other words then, what, is, what, what, what are we talking about here? Learning the fear of the Lord. Learning the fear of the Lord. Learning the fear of the Lord. Trusting God is a major key. Pursuing God in prayer is major key. And here's another major key. Learning to wait on God. Learning to wait on the Lord. Learning to say wait on the Lord. All right, listen to, listen to a few verses of scripture here. Psalm 62, verse 1 and 2. Hear my, Psalm 62. Truly my soul silently wait for God. From him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be greatly moved. Verse 5. My soul wait silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him. That says wait silently. It means wait silently. I know we could try to spiritualize it. Right? 
and say, well, uh, uh, it does mean silently. There are other elements of waiting, but it means sometimes just getting quiet, shut everything down. You may need to pray in tongues so as to shut down the other things. But it is not talking about praying in tongues. Sometimes you might need to pray in tongues just to shut off your mind and just to cast off the case, but you got to get sometimes just quiet, just silently before the Lord. Now, when you start trying to do that, man, two minutes will look like an hour because your flesh don't like it. Your flesh is, come on, let's do something. And I mean, all kinds of stuff is going to start coming to your mind, but you're going to get better at it. You see, the spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. And if you persist in the spirit, the flesh will eventually shut up. But if you give into it, then you're going to have to give into it again the next time. <laughs> Are you with me? But then you just know I'm going to stay right here. Sometimes that happens when you go to pray. You go to pray and you begin to fall asleep. What do you do? Continue. Continue until your flesh learns that you're not in charge flesh. I am. We are going to pray. Do you understand that? So you be quiet. We're going to pray. Yeah. All right? Get to, get to, get to a toothpick and stick it in your eyes if need be. <laughs> All right, anyway, I don't quite mean that, okay? If I offend you, cut it off. <laughs> What's that? What's that? <laughs> Amen, Press the Lord. All right, but wait, I say on the Lord. Isaiah 64 verse 16 says, I has not seen, no, yeah, I has not seen, nor has anyone, has it entered into the heart of man, the things that God has prepared for him from before the foundation of the world, for the things that he has prepared, and it says, for them that wait on him. It says in another place, be still and know that I'm God. That's learning to be quiet. Just learning to be quiet. And it is in those quiet times, that is when you get in there good enough, then is when you can start asking the Lord, what do I do about this? What do I do about this? And you'll get some creative stuff, write them down and then pray about it and see what you need to act on. Isaiah 30 verse 18, an awesome verse of scripture. Isaiah 30 verse 18. The, the, the essence of this, haka shakata bababa, mande rebe kelebe. Isaiah 30 and verse 18 says, Therefore the Lord will wait that he may be gracious to you. God earnestly has a passionate, earnest desire. He wants to be gracious to you. And therefore he will be exalted that he may have mercy on you. He wants to do that. For the Lord is, is a God of justice. And blessed are those who wait for him. Let me compress that scripture by saying this. God is waiting, eagerly, yearning, desiring to be merciful, compassionate, and gracious. But to who? To the one that waits on him. In other words, God is waiting for somebody to wait on him. And then give him the opportunity to do what he want to do, which is be gracious, be compassionate, and be merciful. But he says, I'm waiting for you to wait on me. Get it? Now, does that include worship and blessing the Lord and, and serving him like a waitress would serve you? Yes. 
But this is talking about also includes this silent waiting on the Lord. So Lord, teach us how to wait upon you. For the scripture says that as you wait upon the Lord, the young men, they get tired. They get weary. They listen to, they look at their own strength. But you see the Lord, he is infinite in strength. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get weary. And they that wait upon the Lord, he will infuse them. And they will be able to run and not be weary. And walk and not faint. Not only that, but you will mount up with wings as eagles. And that spirit man that is on the inside will shake himself like a lion and shake off all them, that, all those flesh limitations. And then here comes Superman. Whoa. There's a Superman on the inside of you. He is called a new creation. He is infused with the life of God. Greater is he that is in you. But he is in there. And he doesn't, he, he can he, for him to rise up, Waiting on the Lord is one of those keys. That's what Isaiah 40 verse 29 to 31 says. And then you'll be, and then all of a sudden, he spreads his wings. He mounts up with wings. You didn't know that spirit man inside of you has wings, did you? He spreads his wings like an eagle. And then he runs and and then he soars. You ever seen an angel fly, an eagle fly? They soar. They sword, it just, man, that's you. Waiting on the Lord is going to move you into that arena. Oh, thank you, Lord. Anyway, whoo, and then he says, regarding the faith of the Lord, and keep your tongue from evil. Keep your tongue. Well, in other words, then, you got to have discipline where your mouth is concerned. The scripture says that when a man, if a man can bridle and control his tongue, he is a perfect man, and he's going to be able to control his whole body. Now, I know there's more to it than that, but that's what it says, James 3 verse 2. So Psalms 19 verse 14 says, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart, may they be acceptable in your sight. Proverbs 8 verse 13 says, the fear of the Lord is... To hate evil, pride, arrogance. And then it says, a forward mouth or a lying tongue. In other words, then the fear of the Lord hates a tongue that is a lying tongue or a forward tongue, which is to say the fear of the Lord hates the tongue and the mouth that speaks contrary to God. In Malachi 3 verse 13, you know what it says? God says, your, 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 your mouth, your words are stout against me. I say I'm going to do this, I'm going to, and you there, you're wondering and you're saying something contrary. The fear of the Lord says, cut it out. That's not the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord will keep, Lord, teach me the fear of the Lord that I might keep my tongue. Set a watch, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep the door of my lips that I will not sin against you with my mouth. That's the word of God. Amen. And then it says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace. Depart from evil and do good. That one is self-explanatory. Seek peace and pursue it. Now, Jesus was the perfect example of walking and being in the fear of the Lord and being established in the fear of the Lord. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says, in the days of his flesh, when he had offered our prayers and supplications and vehement cries, and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he was heard because 
of his godly fear because of the fear of the Lord. Jesus walked in the fear of the Lord. Which means what? Jesus walked in purity. Which means what? Jesus, Jesus never offended with his word. He only spoke what he heard the Father say. And because of that, he had the Holy Ghost without measure. Jesus' love was perfect. He laid down his life. Jesus was obedient even unto death. It was, I mean, Jesus trusted the Father to the extent that, look, even if I go to hell and I'll be made sin, after three days, I'm coming back. Man, that's a lot of trust right there. <laughs> the scripture says he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Jesus walked perfectly in the fear of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It is having your mouth, having your thoughts, having your body, having every part of your being underneath the government or the lordship of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was the fear of the Lord walking around in flesh. He was a demonstration of the fear of the Lord. Amen? Now the scripture teaches that, hey, part of the fear of the Lord is be clean that bear the the vessels of the Lord. Pursue holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. Amen? So, that's a little bit of a snapshot of, 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 of just, just what the fear, just, just of learning the fear of the Lord. Always having a thinking, thinking God, worshipful, not being ashamed, trusting God, pursuing Him in prayer, learning to wait on the Lord, keeping your tongue, seeking peace and pursuing it, departing from evil, learning obedience, pursuing purity and holiness. And what are the benefits? If we were to dissect, just from Psalms 34, there is a deliverance from all your fears. There is answers to prayer. Deliverance out of your trouble. Angelic visitation and angelic activity around your life. Protection. And it says, blessed is a man. Happy, prosperous, safe. That, 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 That sense of satisfaction. Shall not want any good thing. Having many days, long life, seeing good. And the eyes of the Lord are upon you. Amen? Intimacy with God. All right. So, um, now I I can see the the tape is just around the corner. The landing strip is closed. So we are talking about what are these six keys to develop and to become established in the fear of the Lord. It is having a hunger. It is studying and meditating, number two. It's deliberately learning the fear of the Lord. And then number four, practice the fear of the Lord. Practice it. In in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 14, it talks about developing in righteousness. And it says, by by reason of use, in other words, every time you have an opportunity to use it. Let's borrow that principle. Every time you have an opportunity to operate in the fear of the Lord, you do it. And you're going to get lots of opportunities. Somebody come across your pathway and you want to just say something mean or you want to or, or you're, you're under pressure and you want to speak unbelief Mm-mm, keep your tongue you somebody some, some some something happens discouragement comes upon you and you want to fall underneath the weight of lamentation what do you do no get god in your thinking so in other words then at every reason and excuse practice the fear of the lord talk right think right walk in peace do right Bless the Lord at all times. You're not going to always feel like blessing the Lord, but bless him. Abundant thanksgiving. Look to God and not to man. 
constantly, every time, choose. When you have, it's like you got to constantly keep choosing. Keep choosing the fear of the Lord. Keep choosing the fear of the Lord. Amen? All right. Key number five. Psalms 86, verse 11, and which is this. Pray for the fear of the Lord. Pray about it. Psalms 86, verse 11 says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. So you literally pray about the fear of the Lord. Now, this is an extract from the Overcup of the Believer's Handbook. I'm going to read it. In fact, I, yeah, I'm going to read it. For the, for the sake of time, I'm going to read it, but I'm going to put you in it. Is that okay? All right? This is just an example of praying. Praying for that fear of the Lord. You got to make it a prayer. You got to, you, you don't, these things are, are, are serious. You got to be intentional about this. So here, 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 here we are. So teach us, O Lord, to number our days that we may apply our heart to wisdom and that your, and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That your, your fear, O Lord, that is wisdom. Lord, we desire to dwell in the fear of the Lord all day long. So, Lord, give us a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart, which you will not despise. But your fear, let your fear be in our heart, O Lord, that we would not depart from you, that we would not give in to any level of idolatry. Let us have grace, O Father, that we might serve you with reverence, with godly fear. For you, O God, you are a consuming fire. Teach us to walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming and discerning the time. The light is far spent, the day is at hand. Father, we choose the fear of the Lord. We choose to tremble at your word. We are determined to be found faithful to you, O God. Watching and waiting with our vessels full of oil at your coming. Teach us your way, O Lord, that we might walk in your truth. Unite our hearts to fear your name. We're going to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. We will keep our tongue from evil and our lips from speaking guile. We will depart from evil and do good. We will seek peace and we're going to pursue it. We will be zealous for the correction of the Lord that, you might be, that we might be perfected in holiness and that we may dwell in your presence forever. This is the heritage of those that fear the Lord. Amen? Praying about the fear of the Lord. And then finally, number six, receive the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Say that with me. Receive the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now listen to Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 3. And this is talking about Jesus. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And his delight, that's Jesus' delight, is in the fear of the Lord. So Jesus had the spirit of wisdom, counsel, might, knowledge, and he had the spirit of the fear of the Lord, and that was his treasure. That was his delight. That was the one he majored in. That was the one that was most important. So we are saying what? Lord, give me 
the fear of the Lord. I want, I receive the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Now, let me just give you this here very quickly. There is a system of transference of spiritual possibilities, anointings, grace, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of counsel. There is a transfer, a transference of these things that are available. And quite frankly, because that is the case, that's the reason why mentorship is important. That's the reason why discipleship is important. One of the problems, I thank God, there, there's some great things that have come out of the, um, what do you call it, this COVID thing, right? Where everybody had to stay home. The good thing about it is all these Zoom and so on and so forth, I think it's great. The way the internet has opened up, that is great. But uh, the downside of it is, there's been a hindrance of believers assembling together. And because of that, uh, and believers have kind of figured, I could stay home and I could get whatever I need through the internet. And in so doing, they miss out on, on some elements that are very important, such as mentorship, such as discipleship. And as a result, they go off sometimes with what they think to be a, balance, a proper revelation, but then sometimes it doesn't have balance and they get into trouble. Or else they're vulnerable in some area. And that has been one of the problems that has come out of this COVID period. But what I'm saying is God has a system, whether it be called the fivefold, by which he's able to transfer anointings and grace. And that is why mentorship and discipleship is important. Now, having said that, let me make a little shift. There is, this, this, this transference also takes place by a system that God has that you can call impartation. Impartation is scriptural. And it is not, and it is not, but no, no, no. It doesn't mean that if you get some impartation from Benny Hinn, from this one, it, that, that impartation, it is not independent of your seeking God. It's not independent of the word of God. It is not independent, independent of you walking in love. It is not independent of you being a doer of the word and obedient. Those things are necessary. That being said, they are two principal um, platforms of impartation. Number one is that it comes directly from God. Moses, not Moses, Solomon had that. When Solomon said, when God says, what, will you, what, will you, what do you want? And Solomon says, you know, I, I, just give me an understanding heart so that I'm a young man. I, I'm a young, I don't know very much. How am I going to rule these millions and all this large company of people? And he said, God, give me understanding. Give me a wise heart. And God says, okay, fine, I'm going to give that to you. And not only will I give you that, but I'll give you riches and a bunch of other stuff. And... If you keep my ways, I'll give you a long life too. Well, I know he kind of messed up a little bit. But the point of the matter is, God gave him, that's 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 3 to 13, somewhere there. God himself imparted that to him. And yes, you can get impartation directly from God. But impartation can also come through someone else that carries it. I'll give you an example. There was a man named Norval Hayes back in the, whenever it was, the 80s. And when it was that 63 day revival that came out of Chicago, and, and it was 63 days. Out of those 63 days, I think I missed one or two days. Right? Seriously, right? Now, I mean, it was every day, and it was wonderful. But listening to that every day, feeding on that every day, he was in Chicago, I'm in Hamilton. But some of that spirit that was on him got transferred to me. To this day, what do you hear me teach about how to kill cancer? 
That's where it came from. I literally got a piece of that impartation. Now, granted, it took place. He, didn't, he never put his hand on me. I wish he did. <laughs> Maybe it would have been multiplied. But you get my point? So, there is an impartation that can come from someone who, who is carrying that spirit, that grace, or that anointing. Remember the story with the, with the, with the, with the um, five virgins, with the ten virgins, the foolish ones and the wise ones? And when the foolish ones come and say, hey, give us some of your oil. And the wise virgin said in Matthew 25 verse 9 to the foolish ones, they said, no, uh-uh, uh, no, 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 no. I'm not giving you none of my oil. <laughs> they said, no, lest there be not enough for us and you. But rather go to those who sell and buy for yourself. In other words, we're not going to give you no oil, but you go where, where oil is available, those that have it, and go get it from them. That's right. Go get it from them. In other, words, in other words, then you can go to the one who is carrying certain things. So if you observe a particular, like right now there's some individuals that I feed on in, indirectly. Why? Because I see some things in them that I got to have. And if I hang around it long enough, it's going to rub off on me. You know, one of the things that sometimes bother me, and I say this, I, I, I say this, where somebody will say, can you, pastor, could you mentor me? And they don't know what they're asking. Because if they really want to be mentored, they need to follow me around. No, they literally got to feed off of everything. But they, they're not prepared to do that. They're not serious. Right? And so, I, and quite frankly, because of what I've seen over the years, I don't mean to be unkind, I don't take them seriously. Until they can prove that they're serious. Are you with me? But what am I saying? I'm trying to point out this thing. There is such a thing as importation. That can come directly from God. But it can come through someone that is carrying it. So you must also learn to identify. Like, anyway, You can learn to identify somebody has a particular. Is operating in the fear of the Lord. And you can feed on them. Thank God for internet. And if you have an opportunity. And you're in a meeting. Put your hand here. Lay your hands on me. Are you with me? All right, you got it? All right, now we got to stop. So go and buy for yourself. Now, that being said, there is still a means by which you get it. Humility, meekness, honor, honor for the vessel. And there are vessels that do have anointings that you need and have the spirit of the fear of the Lord. Amen? All right, we are going to end here. Let's stand, let's pray. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And I know we've been praying about this. This is the third week. And we've been praying about that spirit of the fear of the Lord. And choosing the fear of the Lord. We're going to pray about that some more today. But I'm going to go one step further. And I'm going to believe God to release the, not only the spirit of the fear of the Lord. But the spirit of increase. So Father, in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus, we come before you right now. And in humility and in faith, through the blood of the Lord Jesus, and with the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, Father, first, we choose the fear of the Lord. And so, I'm asking, Father, on behalf of every single one here, and those that are online that are saying, yes, I choose the fear of the Lord. Yes, I want to be established in the fear of the Lord. Father, I'm asking in Jesus' mighty name, you are the father of all spirits. 
I can't make anybody do this or do that, but you are the father of all spirits. You are able to touch people's hearts and you are able to inject and to release a spirit of the fear of the Lord in them. And so I'm asking you to do that. They have separated themselves by standing up, by lifting up their hands, by saying they choose the fear of the Lord. And Lord, he says, if any man thirsts and come to you and drink, out of his belly will flow rivers. You say that if anyone asks bread, you're not going to give him a serpent. But how much more will the Father give his spirit to them that ask him? So we are asking, Lord, in this moment and in this time, for the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And for the impartation of that anointing and of that grace to come upon our lives. So that, Father God, we will have such a thirst, such a hunger for you. That, Lord, that there will be this, that let there be a release of the spirit of hunger, the spirit of thirst. Let there be a release of the spirit of, the, of, of, of prayer and of supplication. Let there be a release of the spirit of holiness and that desire to be separated unto you. Let there be a release of the spirit of obedience. Let there be a release of those graces that are needful in order to learn the fear of the Lord. And Father, I'm asking for supernatural divine increase. For we know that increase is your will. You said it way back in Genesis. Where Lord you give us. And we born again. You've given us your nature. And it is your will that we would increase. And that we would multiply. It is your will that we would be ahead. And not the tail above only and not beneath. It is your will that whatever we set our hands to. Might prosper. So Father in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. I'm asking for a spirit of the grace of increase to come upon your children right now so that they will increase in health. For Lord, you have said in your word that as we walk in the fear of the Lord, that we will. You said it in Proverbs chapter 3, that even our health will spring up. In the name of Jesus. So I speak an increase of walking and living in divine health in the name of Jesus. I rebuke sicknesses and diseases and infirmities and I command them to bow to the life of Christ that is in us. For surely your word says that unto them that fear your name shall the son of righteousness, that glory, shall arise with healing in his wings. So let healing flow right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let infirmity, sickness, disease, stiffness in the limbs, let it go in the name of the Lord Jesus. Let those lungs that weren't breathing properly, let them breathe right in the name of Jesus. Let healing flow in Jesus' name. And Father, I proclaim and I declare and I decree that with long life you will satisfy us. So that none will die before their time. I rebuke every spirit of death and premature death off of our lives in Jesus' name. And I command longevity in the name of Jesus. Let 
And Father, I thank you for increase. Increase in the financial area. For they that seek the Lord and fear God shall not want for any good thing. But the Lord shall increase us and increase them. More and more them and all of their children. For this is the heritage of those that fear the Lord. So may the spirit of the Lord, who is the blessing, who is increase, come upon them in the name of Jesus. So that in blessing they will be blessed. And in multiplying, they will multiply. And that they will have days of heaven on earth. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the realm of the finances, they will run and not be weary. Let the power to get wealth come upon them. So that Lord, it is not increased based on how many hours a day they work. But it will be supernatural multiplication. It will be inheritance. The treasures of darkness, the hidden riches of secret places coming into their lives in Jesus' name. Those, those gateways, those doors of brass, those doors of iron that had hindered them from coming into the next level of their increase and prosperity in the name of Jesus. I command those walls, those doors be removed in the name of Jesus. Be broken down in Jesus' name. And Father, I thank you for the fear, for the, for the favor of God in Jesus' name. Favor in the mighty name of Jesus. So that many will find themselves, for whatever reason, having a desire to use their ability and their resources on their behalf. To show them unusual kindness in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for supernatural divine promotion that comes from you. It is all the increase above only and never beneath. For this is the word of the Lord. This is the blessing of the Lord. This is the redemption that we have. In the name of Jesus, I command every curse of lack broken. I command every that which all of a sudden you seem to be coming to a place of increase. And then something goes wrong. I come again setbacks now in Jesus name. And I command them to cease. And I, de I declare an open heaven. I declare overflow in the name of Jesus. Supernatural divine increase by the spirit of God. By the word of prophecy, I command it in Jesus' name. Father, I give you thanks. Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you glory and we give you honor. You are the God of increase. Thank you. Thank you. Father, we bless you. We worship you. We magnify your name forevermore. You are good and your mercy endures forever. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We bless your name. We worship you. We worship you. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to end here. Everyone stay strong. Stay blessed. Amen.
You are blessed going in. You are blessed coming out. You are strong in the Lord. You are strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The whole arm of God is yours. So get all dressed up and look like Jesus. For as he is, so are you in this world. Amen?